Welcome to Cottage Tech. Hey, Bruce. Yo. Good to have you up here at the cottage again. <laughs> Excuse me, it's my cottage. It's good to have you up here at the cottage again. <laughs> it's good to be back up here. Man, I have missed this place so much. Me too. It's been a month since I've been up. It's unbelievable. I've just been so friggin' busy. I cannot get out of the city. And, uh, and yeah, it's great to be up here, even though today weather-wise was uh, pretty marginal. Pretty marginal. Uh, a lot of rain today. Keep talking, Bruce. I need to take a swig of beer. Okay, but it was warm. I can't believe this. Talk about global warming. I don't care what the U.S. military Ugh. and President Bush say. We have got global warming. Our Thanksgiving up here in Canada is in October, not November. Why do we do that? Well, Americans don't understand it, but there's one very simple reason. This way, because we have a lot of American friends, we get two Thanksgivings. We don't have global warming. We have Muskoka warming. But let me tell you. Usually in October, historically, we have some cool weather. It's nice. It's fall. Our leaves are falling, and it rains a lot. This year, it was 31 degrees Celsius. Now, in Fahrenheit, I don't know what that is anymore because it's been so long, but it's up over 80 degrees Fahrenheit in October up here in the north. Unheard of. Just absolutely unheard of. Broke uh, records uh, going back to 1916. There is global warming, folks, and we are all paying for it up here. Uh but you know what? It's not so bad. We'll we'll adjust. Anyway, that's not what this program is about. Cliff, what the what is this program about today? Hey, tech at the cottage, dude. Um, hey, we got some things we got to get done. We got. Uh, Did I tell you I got a new beer? Hey, the flavor of the day. What's the flavor of the day? That Patty's the day? Irish Red. Now we sponsored these guys before. This is Trafalgar Ales and Meads, Oakville, Ontario. Uh, this is a weaker beer. It's four point five percent alcohol. Are we going back to Oakville for beer? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I couldn't get the stuff I usually want at the liquor store, so I bought this to try it. It's not bad. I've got to tell you, I do like the, the Celtic or Celtic uh, better. Uh, the Celtic. Yeah, but this is still very, very good. Very nice. This is an amazing brewery. A little guy, a little brewery, excellent stuff. We're highly recommended. Okay, let's on, on to the topics. Cliff? On to the topic. Trafalgar beer. No, no. What are we talking about today? Cottage oh, tech. Um, I got bad news, Bruce. Mm. We got mice in the crawl space. I, you know, we got this, mice in the closet. For the first ten years, I had this place. I never had mice. For the second nine years, I've been dealing with friggin' mice in the crawl space. I can't get rid of these suckers. Should we close the door? Oh shit! There's an idea. I usually do that whenever I leave the crawl space. I'll tell you, they're getting in somewhere, and I don't know where. Now, there's air vents around the crawl space. I think they chewed through an air vent. Well, you know, that's what I thought, too, because one was chewed through. We had some chipmunks in who, I think, chewed Oh, well, that would their, explain it. Well, I think they chewed their way out. But I took some duct tape. Guess what? Duct tape. Duct tape. And covered it up. And the reason being is I did not think, you know, anything could not chew through duct tape. But the idea of covering up an opening when you have mice or other vermin in with something, be it paper or duct tape, is you want to determine if that's how they're getting in. And there was, uh, uh, the, the screen was chewed through. 
So I put duct tape on over a month ago. That was a good tip that they were getting in that way when they chewed through the screen. Well, but it was a bigger tip if they were chewing back through the duct tape. And in fact, over a month, they have not chewed through the duct tape. And yet, this morning, now Cliff was down here. Cliff has a real aversion to emptying the mouse spawn. We'll tell you what that is in a moment. But let me tell you, I walked in the crawl space, well, crawled in the crawl space, went over to the mousy spa. Okay. And <laughs> I just about asphyxiated. Like, okay. you're talking CSI here. And, okay. oh, my goodness, my waveforms are clipping, Cliff. See, okay. uh, we're talking CSI. To start with, not only did this smell bad, there were several tails floating in the water and just white scum on the top. It was okay. disgusting. I, I could barely carry this out into the forest to dump it. It was terrible. And, Cliff... Okay, you Bruce. were you, Cliff. You had been working in the crawl space for at least half an hour before I, I came down. Like, I know, but how I did you a, do it? I have a thick skin and no nose. But Bruce, before we go any further, um, maybe I should explain to the listeners what the mouse spa is, if you um, like, because they probably. Most people are kind of thinking the mouse spa. Like, what are we doing, a resort up here for rodents? Absolutely. Uh, well, of course we have to. Um, let's you know. Let's let's stop thinking about rodents getting into places where you don't want them. And most times you kind of want to catch them. So of course, the age-old you know, hey, build a better mouse trap, and the world will be the path to your door. Everybody's tried to invent a better mouse trap, and they've come up with all kinds of technology for better mouse traps. And in most cases, we resort back to the good old-fashioned mouse poison that we put out there, you know, the old whatever it is that they eat and they take back, and you don't let the pets and the cats and the dogs and um, relatives or whatever get into it. And, of course, we do have the old, old-fashioned old uh, spring-loaded mouse traps where you, you, you pull the arm back and you load it and you cock it and you put the peanut butter or the cheese on it and the mice eat it and snap it breaks her back and now, it kills I, them i gotta tell you i got but, some problems with both those techniques cliff because on the one hand i have been setting mouse traps in the crawl space with peanut butter and i go back down i i honestly don't know how they do this because i've almost lost well we talked about how i lost the peanut i lost the end of my finger trap. thanks to cliff in another situation but i've almost lost the ends of a few fingers on these traps they're so sensitive when you put them down even they spring hair and triggers yet, and yet, I've put peanut butter on them, come back week, two weeks, three weeks later, and the peanut butter is cleaned right off, and the mouse trap is not sprung. Now, I've also got mouse poison out there in pellets, which they are not eating. And, and of we course, also, sorry. This is one of the reasons why I refuse to reload the mouse traps when the mouse eat the peanut butter off the mouse traps. Because I'm damned if I can put more peanut butter on a cleaned off mouse trap. Without losing a thumbnail. Cliff, you're supposed to release the spring first, load it, and then reset the spring. Oh. Never mind. Okay. Now, you also know when you go to the, the hardware store, whatever, you'll see most poison, which says, and I can't remember which is which here, so bear with me, but Warfarin. Warfarin? Warfarin? Warfarin. Warfarin. Anyway, one of them is for mice who have become impervious to regular poison as they built up resistance to it. So there's this other poison. Well, I, I, I don't take credit for this solution because I read this somewhere, but this is a great solution. 
And having gone up to a friend's cottage just a couple of weeks ago and, and having tried this because she's got most problems, I can tell you I learned a couple of things about the technique as well. But it does work as long as you clean it out every so often because the mouse bodies pile up and, damn, they stink after a while. Oh, this isn't the oh, spot, is it? Did I just blow our Google whatever thing with the word damn? No, no, no. We're, we're okay. iTunes. iTunes no, will we're broadcast okay with me the for that. tag on iTunes with damn. Okay. So we here, just can't drop the F-bomb. So here's the thing. If you got a mouse problem, rather than, uh, I shouldn't say rather than, in addition to the traps, here's what you do. You get a, a small pail. A large you fill pail. With, well, you can have your choice. You put some water in. This is our mousey spa because <clears throat> you want to attract mice to the spa. And you get a broom handle or doweling. A round piece of wood. Yes, such as long enough to reach across the opening of the bucket. And you have some type of platform that it rests against it so the little mice can get up to this doweling. We want to help the mice into the spa. Absolutely. You want them to get in there and swim, enjoy themselves, have a a whirlpool, a sauna. Party time. And you take a can... Now, here's the thing that I learned going up to my friend's cottage. It was rather funny. I told her how great this process was because she had mice. <clears throat> and when we uh, checked in the morning, all the peanut butter was gone. There's a point where a, size matters. You need to have a relatively narrow can, small diameter, like a soup can. You don't want to get a large uh, stewed tomato Italian can that's four, you know six inches across. Because then the, the mice can actually tap dance on this thing. You want a narrow can, small diameter can, like a Campbell's soup can. You take both ends off the can. You slide it over the broomstick or the doweling. And you put a small ridge of peanut butter around the whole can. Now, just a, I'm not talking about covering the whole can with it. You just a small line of it around the can. The okay. idea is the mice walk out on the broomstick handle. I'm thinking pictures. They in the walk show out notes. on the can, which is now slippery. They go to eat the, the peanut butter. Oh and damn, they, you bastard! Yeah, and they may in fact eat the peanut butter off the top of the can. But as soon as they try and reach around to the side, oh, slip, splash into the bucket of water, and they poor little buggers drown. And uh, as long as well, you clean them out every couple of weeks, you get well, rid not, of the mice. Not, not at first, because of course we filled the bucket with warm water. Well, yes. Now, if it's winter time, if so you're in a, a spa, if you're in a cottage where it freezes in winter, what you want to do is put some antifreeze in the water, and that will prevent the water from freezing. And instead of ice skating, put in a little skates on it, skating around it. When they fall off the can, they'll actually fall into the water. So you want to f- you want lots of warm water in there because, of course, when they go in, their first reaction is, "Oh, dude, we're like in like." The whatever mansion we're in, the spa, we're kicking back. Where are the ladies? Cliff, I think you need a beer. If if you put warm water in and you're up here where it gets to minus 30, minus 40 degrees Celsius. By the way, minus 40 degrees Celsius yeah, equals, the- Cliff, equals minus 40 degrees Fahrenheit. I just want to do that translation. That warm water isn't going to stay warm very long. It's going to have a skating rink on top. So you do want antifreeze in it. Yeah, but we want the mousy spa, so we got to get we got to get the warm water. So like we got the steam coming off the top. So when the mice first go in there, they're like kicking back, going, "Yeah, we don't need no bathing suit. You know, we don't need no stinking." You know what? Like the, the mice don't care. They just want the peanut butter. As soon as the mice get in there, they're looking for the hotties. They're after the hit. That's all they are, Cliff. They're after the hit. They don't care about the water. Okay, so the mice don't need the hotties. Not at all. 
So why am I bringing Minnie Mouse in? I don't know, but I had a kangaroo rat in, in one of my traps. Anyway, the point is, I've set traps. They've been cleaned off of the peanut butter. Some have been set, but the mouse isn't there. I've had bags of poison out. They aren't eating it. But <clears throat> as a smell would attest to today when I crawled in that crawl space. What smell? <laughs> I'll tell you, Cliff, you were down there for half an hour. I don't understand it. What it was, smell? Yeah, God, it was terrible. And... Uh, I, had, I couldn't smell I, a thing. I there. don't know. There were body parts under that scum, but I could I could definitely see at least three tails. I think there were about three to five mice in there. Okay, I think the tip off here is under the scum. Under the scum. It was terrible. God it was oh it was disgusting. I was ready to puke. But I, I took it out in the bush and just dumped it. And uh it the bucket's sitting out there with chlorine in it right now and we'll reset it. But that is a way to really if you're away from a property to catch mice. And, again, you don't want them in your place. I still cannot, for the life of me, figure out how they're getting through because they did not chew through the duct tape. They're getting in somehow. They're not just breathing inside. I've got rid of too many. Uh, but that will be, you know, hopefully I'll find out what the source is. We can report back another time. But there I you think- go. That's source. So, anyway, let's move on. we got other stuff to talk about, not just mice and mice paw. Wait, let's talk about, you know what? We said the mouse paw was in the in the crawl space. I, I, I want to draw a parallel here. I, and. Because the this, closet, this is, the cottage closet. The cottage closet. You know, every kitchen has a junk drawer. And you know what's in that junk drawer? Well, it's there's scotch junk. tape, there's elastic bands, junk. there's junk. Junk. <clears throat> there's there's stuff. Junk. Uh, you know what? There's fuses in there because you always store your fuses, fuses in the junk drawer for the junk. stove. The stove that you got rid of five years ago, but the fuses are still in that junk drawer. Well, when you want a man-sized junk drawer... You look for the cottage and, and some houses as well, and yes. No, you don't look. You don't look for a you cottage. You got the crawl you look space under the cottage. Under the cottage is a crawl space, and this is the man's junk drawer. And the- you got to clean this thing out every year, six months to a year, or you face what Cliff and I faced this morning when we opened the doors, and that was more than just the smell of dead mice. We're, we're, yeah, we're 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 not talking closets. We're talking we're talking closets on testosterone. Okay, okay, Cliff. I need to to talk because I got to take my headset off because I need another Patty's Irish Rat. Okay. I'll be back in a moment. I will kill time. D D D D D D D. Oh, never mind that stuff. We'll just talk about the closet underneath the cottage. Hey, I got to tell you, every time when Bruce has got to put something away, he just like opens the crawl space door and throws it in. And the point of it is that we got like 247,000 square feet of cottage with a crawl space underneath, and everything's squeezed into the like the 14 square feet of crawl space right in front of the door okay, where we I'm can back. actually. Dee-dee-dee. So anyway, Bruce, how's everything at the cottage? Everything's yeah. fine. You know, the cottage in my particular crawl space, the uh, we have a sunken living room. So the. Oh, just hang on. Excuse me while I adjust my mic. And and you'll ignore the point that I was yeah, just we're, sliding we're about your crawl space. on this puppy. Anyway, there's only a small area that you can almost stand up in, and that's the usable area. Yeah, they all know that because I just finished slagging you about it. Well, Cliff has several bumps, bruises, and cuts on his forehead from hitting the joist. Unfortunately, I'm shorter, so I get through this. <clears throat> Picture's at 11. However, within this area, as, as Cliff said, I am guilty. I open the crawl space doors. I throw stuff in and walk away. 
I got brutal today. I threw everything underneath the lowest part of the crawl space for dead storage. Which is really upsetting to me because I'll never find anything again. But we threw out a huge amount of stuff. But this, the crawl space really is. It's, it's the men's junk drawer. And, and it's quite funny to look at. I've got my daughter's found some, some beer. If you can believe this, my daughter's must be after me. They, they just could smell it. They went on the point on the lot where they had their, quote, fort. And this was quite a few years ago when they were younger. And they dug up. Now, you've got to be Canadian to appreciate this. Back in the Stubbies. old days, back in the old days, we had beer bottles that looked like uh, beer bottles, Stubbies. same as American beer bottles. Uh, and then back Stubbies. in the uh, '70s, we introduced Stubbies because they were supposed to be space savers. Stubbies. And then I guess around the '90s, they got rid of the Stubbies and went back to the traditional beer bottle. Well, they dug up on the point in the uh, '90s, Stubbies, a 24 of Stubbies. Yeah. Now, I've held on to those because they wouldn't let me get rid of them. And they're outside. i got to re- get rid of them at some point. But this is the type of stuff I have in my crawl space. <laughs> 20 years <laughs> of accumulation of junk. And we, hey, Bruce, we, do you want a beer? I can go to another crawl space and get you a stubby. I have got some stubbies, and we there was one bottle that had a bit of a label on. And do you want so a stubby? We, we know it's a Labatt's Blue. And... Uh, I do not want to open those puppies, but I'll tell you, they're vintage beers. I can go around in the crawl space and get you a vintage stubby. And being a traditional Canadian beer, they got so many preservatives in them, they're probably still good. Not like the stuff I'm drinking right now, this Patty's. It, uh, it, 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 it might be a bit skunky, but... Uh, you drink I'm, Patty's Irish Red, you drink good German beers, there's no preservatives in them. But this Labatt's Blue, I mean, that stuff will probably be good in the year uh, 2053. True. You know, I think that, okay, whole, so we've covered the mouse spa. This is whole, a technique for catching mice. I think this is a great thing. It's it's amazing. Well, the whole point of the crawl space is that the crawl space is basically the the cottage closet. Well, Cliff and it's, I, I want to drop the floor in the crawl space. I want to dig it out so we can walk through the, at least the one section without banging our heads. I brought my foosball table up because I'm now uh, more than separated for several years. It sold the house, emptied the house. I grabbed my foosball table out. I don't know why I should have sold it, but it's up now at the cottage in pieces. I got nowhere to put it because those damn handles are so long. Like I could put it in the living room. We'll take up the whole living room. But we could put it in the crawl space. Now we've got to dig up the crawl space. Oh, but we've got to dig up the crawl space so we can stand erect. You want I mean, to do- I'm not bad, but Cliff cannot reach homo erectus status without banging his head. Okay, Bruce. I may be 50, but I can reach erectus status anytime I need. I'm talking homo erectus status. Homo erectus. I mean, okay, I'm sorry. As opposed I don't do to that. Neanderthal. I'm sorry, I don't do that. So, we'll get there. Oh, Cliff's wife, Karen, is just coming to okay. massage him in various parts, so we may lose him. Oh, wait a second. The Christmas moose just kicked in. <laughs> Nonetheless. Uh, Where were the, we? The, uh, the foosball table may end up in the crawl space. It'd be a place for guys to go. And then I'll have to get a beer fridge down there as well. Hey, we got a beer fridge. We emptied it last time. Now, a couple other things we got to talk about. We're out here, and it's fall, and we got to get wood for the fireplace, Cliff, because every year we stock up on wood, put in the wood thing. And this hey, Mother year, Nature has been doing her job to help are, us out, Bruce. We are have you way noticed? behind. We do not have enough wood to get through the winter. I know, and Mother Nature has been good to us. Mother well, Nature... Mother Nature saw she saw we were behind, and lo and behold, she sent wind. 
Absolutely, because I'm a firm believer in the New Age principle of let, you know, put it out to the universe and the universe will provide. And let there be wind and wind will cause lumber to fall. We have three dead oaks, very large oaks on, well, basically on the neighbor's property, very close to my property line. We've been trying to figure out how to take them down before they fall down on the old shack or fall down and take out the power lines or worse yet, the one, take out my cottage. Well, we got down here, and Cliff went for a walk, and lo and behold, the top crown of the one is down, missed the old shack, and it's ready for us to cut up. It's something about a 40-foot tree on a 20-foot lot when we, you got to drop it. You kind of go, hmm, this ain't going to quite fit. And Cliff well, also bought a new chainsaw, which I own for, oh, because we, his is not working too have, well. It's got a we cranky. Have, and mine, yes, I just is to absolutely toast. Chainsaw. I, have a, I have a Husqvarna, which, by the way, is supposed to be a terrific name. You know what? My Husqvarna sucked. So, anyway, that's my consumer. Your Husky report. was a good bad boy. Your Husky worked hard, and your Husky earned its living. But unfortunately, it's 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 a little on the obsolete side. And parts are almost impossible to get. Well, you know what? I got it, and and the chain got dull. I needed I sharpened a couple times. I needed a chain. I went to the place I bought it, which went out of business. I found another dealer repairer up in uh, north of the city. They couldn't fix. It. They charged me seventy-five bucks. The things ran like shit, and they still and they couldn't even provide a chain for it. And then Cliff took it over and ran it and bust the crap out of it. Oopsie! And now, you know, to go back and get it fixes, I mean, I can't get it fixed. So anyway, he bought a new one. So we got to try that out next weekend. It was cheaper to re- it was cheaper to replace it than to rebuild it because parts are no longer available. I did find a husky dealer and he kind of went, "You want to get what parts for what?" Huh? Okay, so we've talked about the mice spa, and this is a real trick for you guys. If you, if you're up in the cottage country, you got mice in your house. It's an alternative. It works great. Crawl yeah, space. We'll pro- hey, ask for pictures. We'll post we'll post pictures on the website if you guys ask for them. So uh, go to the website cottagetech.com, cottage-tech.com, and we'll. Uh, Ask us for pictures. Now, there's, a, there's a link there to contact us, and we'll post pictures if you guys ask for them. So, now I uh, had to go go on one bit of a tangent here. <clears throat> you know, I like my beer. You let me have a swig. Oh no! Yeah, that's good. And I like my rum. I oh, like my vodka. No. I like my gin. Oh no! I like my wine. Oh no! And I've got some daughters. How does that connect? Well. My one daughter is a little bit into the punk scene. Not much, but a bit. I went to the Bovine Sex Club with her last year. It was parents' night. Oh, uh, not the Goldschlagen. And, no, not the Goldschlagen. I, I didn't have the Goldschlagen. But Jägermeister is a big, oh, no, no, big drink with punkers. Right? And others. But it's just so popular with punkers. Now, I, I've, I've got to admit, I just made a huge faux pas. Instead of wearing my black t-shirt and and jeans. I, I knew better. I wore my... my. I, I just wore these baggy pants and a blue shirt. I mean, I was really into you the... You did not wear a button-down shirt. No, I, no, no, I didn't. But I was in the gangsta outfit. My gangsta outfit. Oh, Listen. no. You didn't go gangsta. And I went into a punk rock place. You didn't go gangsta to a punk rock club. I did. It was bad. Anyway... Regardless, this whole pub, of course, had Jägermeister around the whole place, empty bottles. 
Now, we were just over at a neighbor's cottage who had Jägermeister. Well, we had some, you know, we've already had a few beers, and we had some rums, and we had some wine with dinner. And we had a beer, and we went over there and had a couple more beers. And then he brought out the... Uh, Bruce, we had a few beers this afternoon. Yeah, I know. He had some Sambuca, and then he brought out the Jägermeister. Now, I traveled in Europe with my ex. We hit a monastery, and I actually brought back a bottle of the stuff they brewed. And it's interesting, but you know what? Antiseptic, not the drink. And Jägermeister is the same thing. I don't understand the popularity of this drink, Cliff. This stuff tastes like medicine. I it it yeah I know but it's you drink enough medicine man you get like like totally tanked out. Yeah I don't know what I yeah, but you I can drink agree home, with you. You can drink home brew and get tanked it's, out. It's like it's like the Goldschlager. It's it's like it's like sugary alcohol with gold leaf in it. Yeah, well this stuff isn't sugary <clears> even. But it, I've never been able to figure it out. This stuff is just medicinal. Anyway, I, I do not support Jägermeister, uh, I guess because I'm old. I'm not a punker. I don't even dress properly to go to their affairs, obviously. Oh, that's because you But I got to tell you, I got to stay away from that stuff. I'll stick to my beer. Now, uh, we are coming back from our, our, our neighbor's cottage. We're going to do two spots tonight. We only made one. We got a little too drunk. There's only one driveway. I do not, I do not support driving after you're drinking. Well, no, it's a damn good thing I had a flashlight on the roof of the yeah, truck. so, you know, we're only going, and this doesn't make it acceptable, but we're only going about 100 feet between driveways. And, uh, but we did improvise. You know, we had the, uh, well, the empty, because I, I hate to give up the 20 cents on the returnable, so I had to bring the well, empty I got to bring the, the empties back. And then I had the beer, which was, was open and going, which I did not drink while I was driving. But it, thank goodness my car has two drink containers. And then Cliff, fortunately, had the flashlight to see our way out. Because, you know, it's a windy, dark road, even that 100 feet. And, you know, so Cliff, thank you very much. I appreciate you uh, acting as the headlights. Hey, Bruce, you know, I'm, I'm there for you, dude. Uh, I'm there to help you out. I'm there to do what's needed to get us back safely. Um, but uh, the next time we go on a road trip, can I uh, suggest one technological thing we might take advantage of? What would that be? Headlights. Oh. Would that make it lighter? Uh, it well, considering the truck's got two of them and the flashlight's only got one. Cliff, um, you did a great job. I mean, you were leaning out that window. You were cantilevered out there. You had that flashlight I up know, on the roof. But I kept getting the bush in the face, and yep. it just. But it worked great. I mean, I could see perfectly well. You had that flashlight trained on the center of that road. Now, mind you, I did have the old Infinity G5 sort of the headlights turning with the truck sort of thing going. But it was totally manual, and it, I mean, it's, we, we really got to advance beyond that. I'm really thinking that maybe if we'd actually turn the headlights on well, along with the you flashlight. Know, you know what, Cliff? I'm, I'm really strong into ecology, conserving energy, reducing gas consumption. And I think by doing what we did, we reduced the, uh, the ecological footprint of that car probably by, on that 100 feet, I... I expect we reduced by at least 1.23%. 
You think, and you know what? I think it was. I think it was worth it, Cliff. I okay. In that case, I, I'm there with you. I'm with it. But you know something? I still think we should have gone down to see Environmental Annie. Well, we're going to see Environmental Annie tomorrow because, if I don't go see my female friend. Because Environmental Annie, as far as I'm concerned, I think Environmental Annie certainly mm. deserves kudos. You know what? Before we close off, and we're getting a little long here, we may have to cut some of this out before we actually publish it, edit it. But this brings up a great point. Environmental Annie has done a terrific job up here. And one of the things she's did is she has, the work she has done and in inspiring the cottagers around this lake has resulted in the criminal charges against some people we're coming into this from another area who are poaching turtles. And that may sound a little strange. Excuse me while I burp here. This is terrible. Okay, I feel better. <laughs> it's disgusting. There we go. But Environmental hey, Annie... That has, doesn't lose our clean tag. Only the F-bombs do that. ...has started an environmental club here. She's been working very closely with the MNR, the Ministry of Natural Resources. She works and and. and helps people in the area understand the environmental aspects of what they're doing, with the impact of what they're doing. And we have had a problem on this lake. We've known this for a year. And people have been watching this, tracking this. People on the other, on the other shore, but closer where these where these criminals were, have been observing them and, and dating them, keeping a log. And what we've got on this lake, and in others, but in this lake, is turtle poachers. Now, this is hard to believe, but people, turtles are... Uh, a, a declining species. They're becoming several spe- several of the turtle species are becoming endangered species. And yet we got people out here who are trapping them, not only in season. And it's unbelievable that there's actually a season for these things in Canada for some of them. Well, there's... It's, it's just unacceptable. But the government is not catched up or caught up with reality, caught up with the the, the environmental factors of our life. But regardless, that's another platform. There, there's, there's, there's not, not, not to get, not to get too um, um, hinterland who's who, but there is one species of turtle. Ironically enough, there's, there's, well, there's actually of all the turtles that you find in Ontario, there's two species of turtles that aren't on that aren't on the endangered list, and one of them, of course, is the, is a snapping turtle. And snapping turtle is a mean, nasty looking little guy. And, let me tell you, he's got a beak like a pelican. Yeah, and that bad boy. No, more. Sorry, I should say he has a beak like an eagle. Well, that bad boy will tear the tires off your ATV um, just as just just as much as look at you. So you you really don't want to argue with those bad boys. But, but those uh, guys not only one, are on the one hand are they not that they there's not a lot of them left. They, these guys do not breed till they're ten to fifteen years old. So if you take these, if you take these or kill them, there's no reproduction. Ten to fifteen years old before they re- reproduce, and yet the government allows a season to capture these turtles. Now, having said that, we've had some poachers on this lake who are catching those and other turtles. Now, I don't want to tell you what nationality these people are. Because that would probably be uh, racist. But uh, let me Why tell you their names. Chan? Because they were at and cock on two. But they were actually charged um, and they were they're found a, guilty. They're, they're Irish, aren't they? Uh, probably. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mei Wing Chan, Chan and Cock on Chu are probably Irish. They pleaded guilty. They were going to plead <clears throat> not guilty until they saw the evidence against them. And that's 
to a great, great extent of environmental land and, and, the, and the forces she rallied around this lake to track these people when they didn't realize they were being watched. But they were fined $1,200, or Chan was fined $1,200, and Chu was fined $200. Both men pleaded guilty to angling without a license. Now, this is classic. Okay, okay, okay. You got you to hear okay. this. This is really classic. Okay, here we go. Here, we, we, we got these guys, um, uh, and again, nationalities. So apparently, these guys had relationships, shall we uh, emphasize and underline and underscore and hype, hype, whatever, relationships with restaurants in the greater metropolitan Toronto area. Um, mm. And they were poaching turtles and, and hunting turtles. Oh, yeah. oh, who's ever had turtle soup in a Korean or whatever restaurant in Toronto? Anyway, these people were poaching turtles in the Muskoka area, which is well known for a turtle population. And, of course... They don't want to get caught poaching turtles, and because it's 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 against the law, and they're not allowed to do it. So, and by the way, in case people don't know, the way you poach turtles is you run a uh, uh, you run a string like a like a like a fishing line uh, through the ponds and the beaver ponds, and that where the turtles are. And there's smaller lines with hooks hanging off that with the bait on it that the turtles will go for. And it's kind of like a uh, well, it's kind of like a trolling line. Uh, uh, but it's it's to catch turtles. Well, you got to put the line out, and you got to kind of like hang around and wait a long time until the turtles go for the bait so they can catch them. So you got to kill some time. So how do they do that? Well, well to, to start off with, they would bait these lines and and leave and come back the next week. Now, what Cliff's saying is, when they came back the next week, they obviously couldn't be seen pulling lines with turtles out of the lake. They gotta look like they're legitimate, so they pretend that they're fishing. Mm. So they're well, they're fishing. Like, well, you do need a license to fish in Ontario, right, Cliff? Um, apparently, they don't seem to think so. Oh, well, but of course, they didn't speak English very well, did they? Um, well, I'm not too sure, but by the I don't can't remember the last names or first names. Because well, my understanding is they had a 12 year old or roughly 12 year old with them who interpreted for them when they got bust. Well, and the irony of it is, a 12 year old doesn't need it. Well, I'm not sure. Does a 12 year old? Need, I don't think a 12 year old needs a fishing license. Oh, absolutely not. Is that amazing? So but the guys who are fishing to, as their cover. Uh, rather than having the twelve-year-old didn't fish, have a fishing license, they didn't have a fishing license. And how much does a fishing license cost in this province, Cliff? Um, I don't know. I've asked a few people, and I've heard everything from twenty dollars to twenty-five dollars to fifteen dollars. But I know it's under thirty bucks. It's it's in that order of magnitude. I haven't had one for the last three years, but it's in that order of magnitude. And when you when you consider it garnered them a hundred and fifty dollars fine for not having a license, yeah. I think I think that. Even if you pushed the boat out and spent the thirty bucks, you know, hey, if it was twenty five, give the guy a five dollar tip. So here's guys who are, are poaching illegally, covering up when they're out there by pretending they're fishing. Oh no, Mister and, and they don't and they don't when they get bust, they don't even have the friggin' fishing license I'm to s- support their cover. I'm sorry, Mister MNR, we're not poaching turtles; we're actually fishing. Where's and, your fishing license? Oh, and by the way, there Oopsie. is a season, as we said, for 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 these turtles that they actually got caught with, unfortunately. However, it's only for personal use. The uh, conservation officers who had surveillance on this area, thanks to the residents of the area, 
observed more than 20 lines baited with pork for if turtles. If this was for personal use, these kids were growing shells. I'll tell you, there's a lot of turtle soup there. And, and as I said, they just coincidentally happen to have association with restaurants. So, you know what? On top of what's going on in this lake, and there's a huge amount going on, this is an interest story, we have this feature called Turkey of the Day. So, Cliff, I don't know what you think, but to these guys who are poaching turtles out of season illegally cut with a cover of fishing, without well, a fishing license, and got fined an extra $50 for what could have been a $20 I, fishing license. I, I'm not too sure, Bruce. You know, I mean, environmental Annie, she, she works hard, she pushes pretty hard, and sometimes she steps on toes, and, you know, she gets up there, and of course, you know, Mark McCarran of, uh, uh, of, of the MNR, he's, you know, he's up there too, but... You know something? I think on this one, I I, I think the consensus is out. Uh, I'm not sure whether we should give it to Wyming Chan or Koan Chu. I I think they're joint owners. Uh, should, I really do. Should we give it? Should Should we give it to them? Should we maybe like burn two trophies this time? I uh, absolutely. You these think guys, so? These guys deserve to share uh, the consider- Six Mile Lake Turkey of the Day the Award. Turkey of the Day. Absolutely. Absolute for turtle poaching under the guise of fishing without fishing licenses. When you're breaking the law and you're poaching and you're going to pretend you're fishing, spend the 30 bucks for a fishing license. Otherwise, you're going to be (laughs) the the turkey turkey of of the the day. day. Absolutely. Okay, so you know what? I think it's time I go back to the beer fridge. I'd love to talk to you gents more. And ladies, more. I, 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 I think Bruce needs another patties. And I and I think we're done. We've done pretty much everything else. We got a few minutes. So I got to tell you what we were supposed to do today. We didn't do because the weather was absolutely terrible. Was get the uh, water out of the lake. Oh, I know that sounds funny, but what we need to do is get the foot valve for the water source out of the lake. No, no, and no, no, no. Cliff, don't, don't, no, come Cliff on. Bruce, did me a big Bruce, favor. He Bruce, took my he took my Bruce, baby, my boat in the marina. Cliff, I'm not even going to let Bruce, you talk here. Don't. Burst the bubble. Oh, I guess Everybody I thinks when I say we got to take the water out of the lake every year, they think we got to take 487 million gallons of water out of the lake. I try. I, the, you know, the pump works overtime. This is a big lake, and there's a lot of water in it. We got to take it out. So let's just let people dream. But what we do have to do is take the foot valve source out of the lake, and we'll talk about this in another episode because this is interesting. We have a rather unique way of dealing with water supply over the winter without no. having to pay the outrageous hydro costs of heating a power line through the water cable into the lake. Further complicated on this lake because they drop the water about three feet every winter. So all I'll close with is... Before we take the boat to the marina, we take the boat out. We take the foot valve, the intake of the water supply. We pull it out from the deep water and pull it into the lake so we can handle it manually. Do we? Cliff did me a favor. (laughs) Do we? Cliff did me a favor and took the boat to the marina on Thanksgiving weekend, Canadian Thanksgiving weekend in October. Unfortunately, I didn't remind him and he forgot to do anything with the water. 
So we've got this water valve sitting on the middle of the lake with no boat to get there. So the next episode is going to be about how we retrieve the foot valve and the water supply out of the lake. Until then, good night. God bless. Hope you have a great time. Enjoy your beer. Uh, because when you come down to it, enjoying life and enjoying beer is what it is all about. Bruce, so go get care. a patties. All I can say is <laughs> it's, it's the end of October. I didn't bring a bathing suit this weekend. I ain't going swimming. The we shrink factor out. is very big right now. we got to figure out a better technology to do this. Good night, folks. Hey, there's another episode of Connor's Tech in the can, episode 7. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. Uh... Again, we got to thank Trafalgar Breweries. Say they don't know it, they're not sponsoring, but we got to thank Trafalgar Breweries for the flavor of the week this week uh, with their Patty's Irish Red. Uh, you got to like that stuff. It's pretty good stuff. Uh, so what did we do this week? Oh, yeah, we took a look at the, at the Mousy Spa down in the, uh, the infamous cottage junk drawer, cottage closet known as the, uh, known as the crawl space. Uh, this bad boy's got to be the meanest mousetrap I've ever seen. Talk about large, high-volume, high-capacity. Uh, this sucker can swallow up rodents at an incredible rate. We're going to have to find ways to get pictures or something up on the website for all you people that have issues with rodent infestations and are looking for a way to deal with it without having to reset those stupid springy traps and losing fingers on them all the time. Uh, a lot of times they don't work anyway, but uh, but this mousy spot thing is just totally brilliant and it works, works to a T. Um, what else did we get done? Yeah, we looked at the closet. Uh, oh, yeah, stubbies in the crawl space. Yeah, they've been there for a long time. One of these days we're going to have to crack one of those bad boys and see if it's still good. Uh, that might be the last episode of Cottage Tech, so maybe we'll put that off for a while. Uh, got a little bit more work done on the, uh, on the firewood issue. It's been a little bit tough. We're running out of season and running out of firewood and running out of time to get it done. With Mike's chainsaw cranky and with Bruce's old husky dead, uh, I don't know what we're going to do. Anyway, i got a surprise for Bruce for the next episode, and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens then. Speaking of Bruce, I can't believe the guy went gangsta to a punk party and drank, uh, drank Jägermeister. Wow, that was awesome. Hey, good on you, Bruce, for going. Uh, hey, and for the turtle poachers, yeah, that was quite an issue. Hit the big news t- newspapers big time. Uh, full marks and kudos to uh, Environmental Annie and the MNR for uh, for stopping these guys. Uh, there's uh, turtle soup and the whole turtle poaching thing is quite an issue here in Ontario, Canada. And uh, we got to get a stop to it. And it was really good to see all these people, not just Environmental Annie and the MNR, but other people on the lake as well and um uh, everybody worked together it's great teamwork uh had these guys nailed cold in their tracks and uh as we mentioned they were gonna they were planning on pleading not guilty until they saw the evidence and the way it was there was photographic evidence video evidence all kinds of stuff they didn't have a uh, a leg to stand on or a, or, or a shell to paddle around in so uh, full marks of them for stopping the turtle poachers that was great to see anyway Again, for uh, uh, we'd like to thank you for downloading. We'd like to thank you for listening. And uh, on behalf of uh, Bruce Hansen, I'm Cliff Robertson. Thanks for downloading and listening to Cottage Tech, Episode 7. Hope you get to your cottage.